0: All right, brother, our question this week is basically this. Does someone have to confess their sin before I can actually give them forgiveness? A short answer, no. Okay. And uh, so there's,
1: I think there's a misconception about what forgiveness is and where forgiveness begins. Because often the excuse comes up in conversations, as I'm sure you're aware, is there is a slogan that goes around often within our own circles, within those churches who are seeking to be biblical and be faithful, that want to say something along the lines of, I can't forgive this person who sinned against me because they have not confessed their sin to me. Therefore, sure. I can't offer forgiveness for them. And there is somewhat of a line of reasoning to that. There, there is a need for somebody to confess sin in order to receive forgiveness. But right there is where the, the, the problem lies. The, the person who would come and confess sin to the person they offended can't receive something that's not there. So often people, I, I think that, that excuse comes in because they already don't have forgiveness ready in their heart. And so that slogan really is one, I think the church needs to put to death because too often that slogan just becomes an excuse for somebody to
0: not forgive from the sure. heart. What do you think is the root of Uh, the bitterness or whatever, the unforgiveness or the unwillingness to offer that? uh, What's the root of that?
1: Well, I mean, I think of a few things. So I think of in Matthew 18 when uh, Jesus is giving the the accounts of um, the unforgiving servant. And you have that servant who owes this large debt to this king. And the king drags him in and is going to sell him and his family off to pay his debt. And it's a debt he could never pay off in his lifetime. And just out of pity for him, he forgives him. But then that same servant goes out to one of his fellow servants, one who owes him maybe a few months wages. And he holds him in contempt for not paying these wages. And mm-hmm. this servant begs and pleads with him to, to forgive him of his debt. He tells him he'll pay back every single penny. And the king's servants see this servant treat this man this way. And so they, they bring this servant back into the king and he goes... Why did you treat this servant this way? I forgave you all of your debt and let you go for free, and you would hold up this man for a few worthless pennies, you know, in essence. Right. And I, so, I, I say that to, to say, I think the heart of the, at that story is it it is a lack of recognition of the forgiveness somebody has received right. in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's just really the heart of the matter. Uh, there's no other excuse besides that. It's not being able to see what Jesus Christ has actually done for you while you were still a sinner and while you were still an enemy of God. Christ purchased forgiveness for you, and it was ready, and it was real forgiveness ready for you.
0: So what does this look like then? I mean, how are we actually supposed to forgive, uh, as I've heard you say many times, from the heart? What does that look like, and... Also, I mean, we have passages in the Bible that say things like, forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. What does that passage mean if it, uh, if it does not mean um, forgive one another as God has forgiven you in the sense that uh, forgive one another once they're repentant as God has forgiven you as a repentant sinner? What does that mean?
1: Right, and I think that's a great verse to, to tail off of because that verse, I think, is the heart of forgiveness. When Paul tells the Ephesians to forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven them, I think what he is saying relates to that phrase of being able to forgive somebody from the heart. And and I think it goes along the lines of this. You know, Paul also says in Romans that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In that death, if we are trying to be biblical about what Jesus' death actually accomplishes, it accomplishes real purchased forgiveness and that forgiveness was held out with a genuine offer to God's enemies that God had already in his heart, if I could say it that way, God had forgiveness ready to offer to the sinner. It's not as if Christ died on the cross and purchased a potential salvation for somebody and then that salvation is only contingent upon how uh, meaningful they can be in their confession to God or or how truthful they can be in confessing every known sin that they have rather uh, God in Christ simply invites the sinner to come to him because forgiveness is already ready for him. And if he's not willing to accept that forgiveness, it's not has nothing to do with God being wrong or God withholding forgiveness. Unwilling or something like that. And so for, for us, when we look at Christ, when we are told to forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven us, we must have forgiveness ready in our own hearts if Christ has purchased forgiveness for us to be forgiven we have no room as a fellow servant to withhold forgiveness from somebody else so that that forgiveness must be ready in our
0: heart sure so how can someone actually put this into practice in their own life in a moment right now um, someone who may have bitterness or unforgiveness in their heart and they recognize that they can't have that anymore what what can they do, putting boots on the ground right now, to say I need to make this right?
1: First, I would want them to hear the warning from Jesus at the end of that parable. He says, uh, "This, so this master throws this servant in jail until he could pay off his debt, which we know he won't do." And this needs to come to every one, a single single one of us, who would hear those words that you will never pay off the debt that you owe to Jesus Christ. And he says, "So also my heavenly Father." will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart." And I would say you have to begin there. Uh, if you lack forgiveness in the heart, this is not a thing that we need to tiptoe around or that we need to take lightly. This is a deadly sin. And this is something that if it is stored up, will store up wrath for you on the day of judgment. Jesus says, do not do this. Uh, do uh, do what I have done for your brother. If not, uh, your heavenly Father will do the same to you. Right. And that warning needs to come to people as they hear it the way Jesus said it to His disciples. He's saying this to Christians. Mm-hmm. And so that warning needs to first and foremost come to the hearer. Second, I would say you need to count the, the, the cost of what Jesus Christ actually did for you. You know, uh, when, when we talked about this in, in a sermon, you know, a few weeks ago, one of the things that I was able to say was uh, real forgiveness is unlimited forgiveness. Forgiveness that has a count is not real forgiveness. So the way you can begin to positively do that in your life is you need to look to Christ and His forgiveness for you and you need to store up that kind of forgiveness in your heart that is willing, as Peter would say, how many times must I forgive my brother? And Jesus says, not seven times, Peter, 70 times seven. Mm
0: -hmm.